What's going on, people? Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football Fellas. Um, it's just me, Tyler, again on this one. Um, I don't know what I did uh, to deserve another episode all on my own, but um, here we are. Um, normally, I'm joined with Cameron. And uh, it's it's uh, it's holiday season, right? Thanksgiving's kind of coming up later this week, and that means family. Um, and spending time with your family is important. It's very important. <laughs> um, so it's just me again. I'm flying solo again on this one, and luckily it's just another straightforward episode. Um, we'll be recapping. Sunday, or I guess this entire football week, uh, starting with the Thursday game, ending with the Monday night game, we'll go in, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go through some news and some injury updates. Um, what else are we going through? Oh, we will then also be going through a Thursday preview because we have football on Thanksgiving day and there's no way we can give you a preview for um, for Thursday's action unless it's in this episode. So we'll be going through that as well. And then we'll end it on something that myself and Lucas and Cameron all enjoy. And what it's what we call blind resumes where you take two or more players and you just kind of compare stat lines to each other. Right. And the, the point of it is to just kind of show like maybe, or, you know, maybe it changes your mind on some, on, you know, on a specific player's value, right. Where you look down the current rankings and you're like, Oh, this person's in the twenties. It's not that bad. But when you compare his stat line to a top 10 player in their position and, and you see how similar it is, but you can pinpoint what it is that creates the, the point discrepancy and all of that. So it's a favorite of, of, of the fellows to do these blind resumes and I, and they're a treat. <laughs> Let me tell you to say the least. So uh, let's kick it off with our injury and news of the week. Um, we'll start off with the unfortunate I guess it's all kind of unfortunate news this week, honestly. Um, but we'll start off with the roster moves. Um, Houston, the Houston Texans released running back Philip Lindsay today. Um, and what was in a fairly interesting past couple of days for the Texans, you know, obviously on Sunday, they knocked off arguably the hottest team in the NFL in the Tennessee Titans. Um, but what was even more surprising in that game is they rarely threw the ball and they ran the ball a ton. And they split carries between David Johnson and Rex Burkhead. They each got 18 carries. And Lindsey, if I'm not mistaken, he got like one or two at most. Um, so it's this continued decline story of Philip Lindsay from when he was a rookie in Denver, going to the Pro Bowl and such. 
finally is a free agent, signs a one-year deal in Houston in a prove-it deal, and um, guess he's not proving it because he's no longer on the team. So um, I don't think there's really any place that he can sign to that boosts his fantasy value at this point, which it's kind of it's kind of sad when you think about it, right? Because like I said, rookie year makes the Pro Bowl and all this stuff, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> Something the coaches are seeing that we don't see on Sundays. So um Philip Lindsay is no longer in Houston. The other unfortunate uh waiver news, Adrian Peterson. All day, AP. The man was released by the Tennessee Titans today in a very strange move. AP has only been on the team for two weeks. I mean, he's played three total games for them. So I guess three weeks then. But again, in a very strange turn of events, first game with the Titans, he's getting he's getting tons of carries. Also, probably because they're ahead, but neither here nor there. Second game, uh, it was the the close game with the Saints. That game, he lost carries to Deontay Foreman, which I think had everyone scratching their heads a little bit of like, okay, you signed Adrian Peterson for the reason of the early down back to continue moving the ball downfield with a downhill runner. You're not using him. So again, that left football fans and in fantasy players a little confused. Like, why aren't why won't you why wouldn't you use him? Then this past week, uh he he gets out carried by Dontrell Hilliard. I think that's who it was. All I know is that the, the guy's last name is Hilliard. And again, people are left scratching their heads. Like, okay, what's going on behind the scenes? Like is is Peterson, has he lost a step? Is he, what's going on? Right? Like, is is he, has has father time finally caught up to the ageless wonder? And I know that's very contradictory, but going for comic relief. Um, Right, has has AP officially lost his step? Um, and you can't definitively say that just with the sample size that he had in Tennessee, but at the same time, if the Titans were comfortable enough to let Peterson walk and then use that roster spot that was opened up to make Hilliard the permanent roster spot holder something tells me that they just didn't like what they saw with AP which is very interesting um so again Adrian Peterson's no longer with the Titans the hope is maybe on a practice squad I I was seeing rumors kind of fly around today like practice squad or you know another player gets injured and they need to fill the spot they'll bring peterson back but again just a very it's a very strange move when 
there's really no running back that's the solution for the Titans at the moment. So um, in other news, the Giants fired their offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett, after what would be last night's when this is recorded. Last night's just embarrassment. <laughs> um, and it's, I mean, you have to, you, ha- you, you feel for the guy because to be offensive coordinator of the Giants is a very, very tough job. You have one of the most inconsistent and one of the, uh, um, I don't want to say uglier quarterbacks because I, I am I'm in no place to put that label on some on a on a quarterback. But I'll put it this way: when Daniel Jones is off, he is very off. Um, and then on top of that, your star player on your offense, Saquon Barkley, has pretty much missed half the season, if not more, due to injuries. Right? He came back. He started the season late because of his ACL tear the year before. Then he played a game or two and got hurt again. Now he finally just got back this uh, this past night. So for the majority of his tenure with the Giants, he didn't have Saquon Barkley at his disposal. And then on top of that, the offensive line is just like Swiss cheese. Some games you'll get a good game out of one guy and another game you'll get, you know, a horrible performance from that same player. There's just zero consistency with the line. So what is he, what are you supposed to do? Well, what it came down to was he's the play caller, but he is still, again, the organizer, or I guess the uh, organizer is very, very broad. Um He's supposed to know who is the best player for each scenario, for each formation, for game scenarios, all that stuff. And the Giants just didn't think Garrett had it, which is very interesting. So, um, so Jason Garrett no longer there. They, I did not see who the replacement is, if there is one yet. Um, but you have to think that whoever the new coordinator is, they will get the ball to Saquon Barkley. They will get the ball out quick. And, and when in, in this offense, getting the ball out quick means getting the ball to Kadarius Tony. Um, but then I also think they're going to try to get Kenny Galladay a little more involved in the offense. Signing a four-year, $72 million deal in this past off season and he's done Jack squat, <laughs> not his fault, but at the same time, that's a lot of money just kind of sitting around, not being utilized. So um, expect Galladay to be used a little bit more um, or to be more involved than he was bef- with, uh, with Garrett as the, as the play caller. Um, some injury updates. Um, and this is really just in regards for these Thursday games that are coming up. Allen Robinson for the Bears, Alvin Kamara for the Saints, and Mark Ingram for the Saints. All three did not participate in their respective practices 
on Tuesday. And um, I'll put it this way. If Kamara and Ingram can't go for the Saints, they're screwed. If Robinson can't go for the Bears, eh, they'll be all right. I mean, Robinson hasn't really made that much of an impact this year. Because, again, he's he's a, at least at least a top three biggest disappointment of the season so far. So, time will tell. Tomorrow is going to be a very important day for all three of those guys. Um, you hope Kamara is going to be fine. Because now it's two weeks that he's been out. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Um, so that will cover our injuries in our news updates from, I guess, <laughs> really just today or the weekend, I guess. Um, I guess some other minor injuries took place. Um, AJ Brown, CD Lamb. Um, I guess CD Lamb is a as a relatively more important in update because the Cowboys also play on Thursday. So again, watching out for that tomorrow. Um let's see what else. I think that's really that's really about it. And I and I I will always feel like I forget someone. So all hate mail for hey you forgot this player you can send to Lucas Wenzel and Cameron Lawrence on our TikTok page. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, with that, well, it's, we're just going to quickly break down the Week Eleven games. We're not going to do a deep dive into everything. I'll just tell you the top performers for each team, and that's really about it <laughs> maybe i'll give you a couple side notes here and there of this game was close this game wasn't close we'll see how it goes so starting with the thursday night game new england 25 Atlanta nothing and this was just pure domination from beginning to end enough said <laughs> uh, the new england in new england's top fantasy performer that's a lot to say was actually their defense. They have four sacks, they have four interceptions, no points allowed, only allowed 165 total yards, and they had a touchdown. That's 26 fantasy points from your defense. That single-handedly, there were too many people that I knew that had the New England defense and New England kicker stack. And I know that the New England kicker also had like 12 points. So that's that's 38 points between your defense and your kicker. That's unheard of. That's unheard of. So those people were very, very happy. Um, Atlanta's top performer was wide receiver Russell Gage. Um, five receptions. He had eight targets f- for 49 yards. And no score because they didn't score at all. So good for 9.9 fantasy points. Um, And I guess the other thing real quick, you knew that the Patriots and more so Bill Belichick was going to find a way to scheme Kyle Pitts out of the game. So the only person that Atlanta had at that point, because Cordero Patterson was also out for this game, 
the only person they could use was Russell Gage. So with that, let's move on to our Sunday games. And we'll start off, yes, with the Vikings. <laughs> um, just this was offense. This was a great game. Minnesota got out ahead early, stayed ahead for pretty much the first half. Then second half came around. Green Bay came storming back. Then Minnesota made just enough plays to get them into a spot to win the game. And believe it or not, the Vikings won on a game-winning field goal, a game-winning field goal. That never happens. Vikings are always on the receiving end of game-winning or on the uh, opposing side. That (laughs) Two very different things. (laughs) But the Vikings are always on the opposing side of game-winning field goals. And whenever the Vikings go for game-winning field goals, we always miss. Always. Always, always, always. Again, it was a chip shot. You would expect them to make it, but that's what we said against Arizona. So I rest my case. (laughs) Green Bay's top performer of this game was Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams had a great game, but just for fantasy uh, purposes, Aaron Rodgers, 385 passing yards, four touchdowns, 33 and a half fantasy points. He also had some rushing yards sprinkled in in there, but again, 33 points from Aaron Rodgers. That's that's what you kind of hope for from Aaron Rodgers. Not exactly 30-point games every week, but that kind of, you know, efficiency in a way, right? That's what you expect from Rodgers. For the Vikings, Justin, Justin freaking Jefferson, man. Eight receptions, 10 targets, 169 yards, and two touchdowns. He tore the secondary apart. And this entire Vikings offense was just hitting on all cylinders this game. Um, But Jefferson being the top fantasy um, producer with 37 fantasy points. 37. And all I've got to say, it just feels good to beat Green Bay. Sorry. I just had to say it. But again. It was a great game to watch. Had me on the edge of my seat. Fully expectant of a heartbreak. <laughs> Just didn't happen this time. <laughs> and I was joking around with, with some other people too at, after the game. And I was like, I don't know what we did to receive like that amount of mercy from the football gods to one, beat the Packers with the season we've had and two, win it on a game-winning field goal. That's a lot <laughs> a love and mercy that was given to us. So next game, Indy and Buffalo. Indianapolis knocks off the Bills 41-15. And Indy's top performer was Jonathan Taylor. Holy smokes, Jonathan Taylor is by far the fantasy football MVP. He had three receptions, 204 total yards. And five touchdowns. You know what that was good for? 53 fantasy points. 53. If you had him in your lineup, he he, he should have one new year week. Because <laughs> that's outrageous. That's outrageous. And against the Bills, too. Out. 
outrageous. For Buffalo, Stefan Diggs was their top performer. Four receptions, six targets, 23 yards, but two touchdowns. <laughs> Good for 18.3 fantasy points. That makes a world of a difference. If he doesn't have those touchdowns, he's at 6.3. So, thank goodness for touchdowns. <laughs> On to the next, Baltimore 16, Chicago 13. Um, In a very strange game, but also the kind of game you expected when Lamar Jackson's declared out before the game and Justin Fields goes to the locker room halfway through the game. Baltimore's top performer was Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman had six receptions out of the backfield for 80 total yards and a touchdown. Good for 20 even. And for Chicago, Darnell Moody had probably the game of his life. Five receptions, 16 targets, 16. I'm pretty sure that's the most this season by the most this season by any player. 16 targets actually false. Darren Waller had 19 week one. So I'll say this. That's the most by a wide receiver this year. Just kidding. Oh, my goodness. No, wait. No, I'm right. (laughs) I was going to say T. Higgins had more, but Higgins had 15 against Baltimore a couple weeks ago. Mooney had 16. So, like I said, five receptions, 16 targets, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Good for 23.1 fantasy points. You wish that would have been Allen Robinson, but. Can't always get what you want. So <laughs> uh, Detroit and Cleveland, Cleveland knocked off Detroit 13-10. Uh, Detroit's top performer was DeAndre Swift, who has been in fuego running the ball lately. Uh, he finished this game with 136 rushing yards, had three receptions and a touchdown. Good for 22.6 fantasy points. That's great. <laughs> This is the rushing that we wanted to see from the Lions at the beginning of the year. Would have been much nicer if it was at the beginning of the season, but we'll take it now. We'll take it now. Cleveland's top performer was Nick Chubb. Uh, He had two receptions, 144 total yards, and a touchdown good for 22.4 fantasy points. So very similar fantasy point totals for the running backs. And in the weirdest way, it makes sense with the scoreline. It was just a running back dominated game. (laughs) That's that. (laughs) Now for the upset of the week, Houston 22, Tennessee 13. The two and eight Houston Texans go into Tennessee and knock off the eight and two Titans. In the weirdest game, Ryan Tannehill had five turnovers. Five turnovers. If Tennessee had won the game, even with Tannehill's five touchdowns, that would be a testament to just how good that team would be. But they couldn't get anything going. The defense just couldn't make the stops when they needed to. That's really about it. Houston's top performer was quarterback Tyrod Taylor, who had 130, 
five total yards, but two rushing touchdowns. Good for 19 fantasy points. And Tennessee's top performer was wide receiver Nick Westbrook. Oh, I'm going to botch this name. Aikini. I think that's how you say it. I think. Do not do not hold that over my head. I, I just learned about this guy like tonight. So just give me a break. <laughs> uh, Westbrook finished with seven receptions, eight targets, 107 yards. Good for 17 fantasy points. Really the lone bright spot on Tennessee's offense this game. Next game, we've got Miami and the Jets. And probably what was going to be the – this was the most expected snooze fest. Or I shouldn't say snooze fest. Just this was the game that no one wanted to watch. (laughs) Um, Miami's top performer was Jalen Waddell. Eight receptions, nine targets, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Good for 20.6 points. On the flip side – Elijah Moore was the top performer for the Jets. Eight receptions, 11 targets, 156 total yards, and a touchdown. Good for 29.6 fantasy points. This was just the game of the rookie wide receivers, I guess. And not much to it other than that. Like I said, this was just the game that no one wanted to watch. I, I'm sorry if I am offending any Dolphins or Jets fans, but that's just kind of the truth. <laughs> Next game, we get New Orleans and Philadelphia, and Philadelphia knocking off New Orleans by a score of 40 to 29. Crazy high scoring game. I don't know where that came from, <laughs> but it shocked me because I thought New Orleans was going to be able to stop the run, and they couldn't. They could not stop the run for their life. I know that Miles Sanders finished just shy of 100 yards. Jordan Howard got hurt in the game, but who picked up the slack? Jalen Hurts. Hurts finished with 216 total yards and three rushing touchdowns, good for 30.78 fantasy points. He's He's just so good near the goal line. He's so good. New Orleans top performer was quarterback Trevor Simeon. 230 total yards, four total touchdowns, but two picks. Good for 24.16 fantasy points. Game of the quarterbacks. Mark Ingram also had himself a decent day. Um, But again, Philly kind of surprised a lot of people. And their last four games, they're averaging – I think just over 30-some points. I'm not saying they're make they're going to make a push. I don't think they just – I don't think they're that deep on their roster to make a run, but they are just getting to the, hey, we can scare some people stage. And worse comes to worse. Week 16, week seven, you know, 17, week 18 come around. We could really shake up the playoff schedule, even though we, you know, they wouldn't even be in it. They can shake it up. 
So definitely a team to watch just to see how they continue to roll. Washington 27, Carolina 21. Washington ruined Cam Newton's homecoming. But if you look at it on the other hand, Ron Rivera got his revenge-ish. Again, the whole narrative of this being a revenge game was just totally not the narrative to run with it (laughs) or not not the narrative to run with. The person that had the most revenge to get was Ron Rivera. But, okay, again, neither here nor there. That's not the point. Washington comes into town and knocks off the homecoming of Cam Newton in a very interesting game that Carolina's defense, with all the talent that they have on the outside and on the front and all that stuff, they couldn't slow down Washington of all teams. Which just go, which just proves that any given Sunday, anything can happen. Washington's top performer was Taylor Heineke, going for two thirty-five total yards, three touchdowns, twenty-three point one four fantasy points. Carolina's top top performer was Mister Cam Newton, two hundred thirty-five total yards, three total touchdowns, good for twenty-six point one six fantasy points. Because some of those are rushing touchdowns. <laughs> so, next game we got San Francisco and Jacksonville. Very steady game for San Francisco. There's there was really no scare here at all. Top performer for the Niners was Brandon Ayuk. Seven receptions on seven targets, eighty five yards on a touchdown. Where has that been all season? <laughs> the inconsistency has already is starting to show as Ayuk is coming out of Shanahan's doghouse. It's tough to tell to see where and when Ayuk will find his consistency. But games like this just add value to his name. For Jacksonville, their top performer, James Robinson, just in a no offensive no offense game for Jacksonville. He had two receptions, 38 total yards, and a touchdown. He had 11 fantasy points. Again, San Francisco just dominated this game. It wasn't close. For our afternoon games, Cincinnati knocked off Vegas 32-13. to Cincinnati's top performer, was Joe Mixon, who is a favorite of Cameron's. 123 rushing yards, two touchdowns. No need to no, there was no receiving work for him. And he still finished with 24 fantasy points. You I don't know who would be the opponent for this, but you mix in three catches for 30 yards. He's at 30. That's to, that's usually what he's been averaging. So, great game for Mixon. Vegas top performer was Darren Waller. Seven, seven receptions, eight targets, 116 yards. Good for 18.6 fantasy points. You needed that 
if you're if you have Waller on your fantasy team, you needed that. But the question's always been, can he keep that going? Because he's done that before. He did a week one, he did a last week, and there's another week in between there that he's had a, a relatively like Darren Waller esque game. But he's never been able to like keep it going. He's never been able to keep the foot down on the gas. So it's just a question of can this keep going? Who knows? <laughs> they'll be looking his way in Dallas, I'm sure, because they'll need to keep pace with Dallas. But at the moment, you there's nothing you can really trust with this Vegas offense. I mean, the only guy you can trust is Hunter Renfro. But Renfro is good for a floor of 12. He's, I mean, Lucas called him the new Robert Woods, where he's good for 12 and he scores at 18. But his floor is 12. So, next game Arizona 23, Seattle 13. Um, this was just a division game, and just one team made a couple extra plays, and that team being Arizona. Arizona's top performer was Zach Ertz, had eight receptions, nine targets, 88 yards, and two touchdowns. It's like borderline like wide receiver stats. <laughs> Good for 28.8 fantasy points. Seattle's top performer was wide receiver Tyler Lockett, going four receptions, five targets, 115 yards. 15 points. Respectable. Very respectable. And interesting enough, it was Lockett this game and not Metcalf. So whether you like it or not, and whether you'll admit it or not, I'll say this for you. DK Metcalf is slowly but surely creeping into the buy low territory at this point. And he may be the guy to go get as trade deadlines are coming closer and closer to your fantasy leagues. In America's game of the week, Dallas um, lost to the Kansas City Chiefs by score 19-9. Dallas really just suffered from having uh, like zero weapons on the outside. They hit CD Lamb, but then he goes out with a concussion. So now you're just scrambling at that point. <laughs> um, but again, the defense showed up big time. And I think a lot of people thought Kansas City would be back um, after what they did with Vegas. And they looked like they were back, but it was more so the defense was back. The Cowboys' defense held Kansas City's offense in check by only allowing 19 points. Dallas's top performer was Zeke. Six receptions, 68 total yards, 12 fantasy points. Again, not much going on the offense. That's what you get. Kansas City's top performer was Tyreek Hill. Nine receptions, 11 targets, 110 total yards. Good for 20 fantasy points. That's that. (laughs) Uh, The Sunday night game, Pittsburgh and the Chargers. Uh, Chargers knocking off the Steelers, 41-37. 
and I have to say the first, I don't know, first quarter, first half, just not, uh, just ugly. Not much going on. And then the fourth quarter happened, and holy smokes, we it's a whole new ball game. <laughs> and that's how we got our final. Uh, Pittsburgh's top performer was wide receiver Deontay Johnson, going for seven receptions on 13 targets, which is, I think, his third game or fourth game with 13 targets. Yeah, he gets targeted a lot. <laughs> Again, uh, several receptions, 13 targets, 101 yards, and a touchdown, good for 23 fantasy points. And the top performer for the Chargers was Mr. Austin Eckler. Six receptions, 115 total yards, four touchdowns, good for 41.5 fantasy points. If you are were so lucky enough to have Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor as your running backs, I hope you enjoy success. <laughs> Don't forget that taste of what this week was like. Because one, it rarely ever happens twice. And two, 40-point games for running backs are not that common. So let's move on to the Monday night game then. Giants and the Bucks, and the Bucks beating the Giants 30 to 10. Saquon Barkley being the top performer for the Giants had 56 total yards and six receptions, good for 11 fantasy points. Tampa Bay's top performer, Mike Evans, six receptions, 11 targets, 83 total yards, and a touchdown, good for 20 for 20 fantasy points. We kind of tampered our expectations on Evans because he just does not, he didn't have super great stat lines against James Bradbury, who was the, um, the top corner for the giants. And he proved us wrong. (laughs) We're okay with that. I really think like our new, like mantra or a new, you know, (laughs) you know, our, our, our phrase should be, please prove us wrong. <laughs> because if you prove us wrong, that means you're doing well. So, <laughs> Mike Evans, congrats to you. You've broken the streak of Bradbury kind of putting you on the locks. Real quickly, we'll go through our Thursday game preview, uh, our Thursday games preview. Um, and then after that, we'll wrap it up with some blind resume. So uh, in game number one on Thursday, Chicago and Detroit. What am I expecting? Lots of running and not much action through the air. But in the weirdest way, the team that has the most efficient quarterback will win this game. I think that's what's going to happen. And for me, I think it's going to be Chicago. You got a veteran like Andy Dalton, and you've got a running back like David Montgomery and a line like theirs. They'll be able to make a couple stops on Detroit when their offense is getting points. That keeps Chicago ahead. 
In the second game, it's Vegas and Dallas. And I'm expecting this game to be a relatively low-scoring game. And I think it's actually going to be the Cowboys' defense that, like, I shouldn't say, like, wins the game for them, but they will be the main reason why they win this game. Ever since the Dallas game, or, uh, sorry, the Denver Broncos game, where they lost 30 to 16, the defense has stopped, has stepped up big time. Yes, Atlanta's offense is not super great. They held Atlanta to three points. They held Kansas City to 19 points. If Dallas's offense was fully healthy in the Kansas City game, I honestly think they're walking out of Kansas City with a win. So, like I said, Dallas is going to rely a little bit more on that defense to kind of step up and, and make a lot of stops. And I don't think they have any reason not to against this Vegas offense, who's just kind of sputting along at this point. They're just, they can't find smooth ground anywhere. So in the third game, we got Buffalo against New Orleans. And I'm expecting this game. Uh, <laughs> It's going to be scrappy. And I'm expecting the Bills to kind of show or to play like they did last year. Heavily target digs. They're going to utilize Beasley in the slot. And they'll sprinkle a little bit of Dawson Knox and run game to fill out the rest of the offense. But the most important thing is this defense. I think the defense rebounds this game. I think with Trevor Simeon as the quarterback, potentially no Kamara, and even a potential for no Mark Ingram, this defense should rebound fairly nicely here. So, again, I'm expecting Chicago to beat Detroit. I'm expecting Dallas to beat Vegas. I'm expecting Buffalo to beat the Saints. I'm not going to do scores because you know what? (laughs) Every score prediction is wrong. Always, always, always wrong. So there's no point in guessing it. So with that, we're going to move on to the new blind resume segment. Um, Like I said, this is a favorite of mine and the fellas, the rest of the fellas, I should say. Um, you can check out some of the other blind resumes that we've made on our TikTok page. And again, I don't have the handle. So just go on to TikTok if you have the app and search Fantasy Football Follows. If you find the triple Fs with the green background, that's us. And you'll see Lucas's, Lucas's face on those videos. And every once in a while, you'll see Cam. But Lucas uh, is our main TikTok guy. So in his in his honor, you could say, we're going to do a couple blind resumes. And again, blind resumes are essentially just two players with very comparable stat lines 
but have very different places in their positional rankings. The point of this is just to get your mind thinking a little bit more like, oh, maybe there is value there. Maybe, maybe I'm overvaluing this person, right? Maybe I'm undervaluing, right? All this just to get your mind thinking. And again, trade deadlines right around the corner. So some of these guys may kind of shock you. <laughs> um, and uh, if you like some of the stat lines and you're hoping that they can only go up, maybe it's worth throwing out an offer and trying to get these guys. So for our first blind resume, we've got two wide receivers and the first wide receiver so far this season has 60 receptions. Player two has 59 receptions. Player one has 92 targets. And player two has 95 targets. Player one has 773 receiving yards. And player two has 714 receiving yards. And player one has six touchdowns. And player two has four touchdowns. So that's where our point differential comes in. It's the touchdowns and the yards to some extent. And ironically, they both average the same amount of points, fantasy points, per game. Per game. And I'll let you kind of think for a couple seconds here of who these players might be. Player one is wide receiver nine currently on the season. And player two is currently wide receiver 19. Can you guess who it is? Player one is Stefan Diggs, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. And player two is Deontay Johnson, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Very, very interesting, right? These are two pretty big names that are in the fantasy football world with very similar stat lines. And one person is 10 10 spots behind the other one. That's fantasy for you. We'll do another blind resume, and I've got another one after that. So, (laughs) player one, I'll start with this. This one is our running backs. Player one has 146 carries on the season. Player two has 154 carries on the season. Player one has 555 total rushing yards. Player two has 601 total rushing yards. Player one has 12, and I say, I said 12 rushing touchdowns. Player two only has five. 
Player one has 18 receptions, 173 receiving yards, and one touchdown. Player two has 19 receptions, 158 receiving yards, and one touchdown as well. That's a lot of stats, so I'll narrow it down for you. Player one is currently running back eight, and player two is currently running back 21. Player one is James Conner, running back for the Arizona Cardinals. And player two is Antonio Gibson. And what a lot of people think is a very disappointing season for Gibson hasn't done that bad, okay? And I get get it. It's low-end running back two numbers at this point. And you drafted him to kind of be that borderline running back one guy. Yeah, that's yeah, I understand that. But again, he's still got value. And he's going, and a lot of people are selling him low. Maybe go give him a shout. Hopefully he finds the end zone a couple more times. Washington's on a win streak. That's all that needs to be said. And for our last blind resume, we're going back to the wide receivers. Player one is currently wide receiver 18. The second player is currently wide receiver 32. Player one has 46 receptions on 72 targets. And player two has 43 receptions on 67 targets. So a couple short of player one, but fairly similar. Player one has 637 receiving yards. Player two has 617 receiving yards. Three less catches, only 20 yards short. That's that's pretty similar. Now, the big discrepancy between these two players. Player one has eight touchdowns. Player two has two touchdowns total on the season. Player one's averaging 15.8 fantasy points a week. Player two is only averaging 11.9 per week. So again... Player one is wide receiver 18, and player two is wide receiver 32. And when, wouldn't you believe it? Player one is DK Metcalf, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. And player two is Cortland Sutton, wide receiver for the Broncos. They each have had their own share of injuries to deal with. Not personally, but around them. Metcalf had Russ go down. Sutton had Judy go down. So, again, some of these stat lines, some of these players just show you, hey, there's value still here for some of these players. 
right? Deontay Johnson has got value. Even though he's 10 spots behind Stephon Diggs, he's he's got a such a very similar stat line. You should try to go get him. James Conner, Antonio Gibson. Gibson can find the end zone. He's pushing top 10. Metcalf and Sutton. If Sutton can find the end zone, he's pushing top 25, top 20. So, again, there's value to be found everywhere in fantasy. You just got to find the, re- you got to find the stats. You got to, you got to do a little bit of research. And I can confidently tell you, I will be looking to get Antonio Gibson or get a DK Metcalf or heck even a, a Corland Sutton. I'll be looking. Because I think there's upside, there's room to grow the remainder of the season for each of these teams as we're heading into the home stretch of get hot at the right time, make the playoffs, fight to get into the playoffs, or don't play well enough, right? Again, value everywhere. You just got to go find it. So with that, that will wrap up this episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas. And if I might monologue just a little bit here, <laughs> um, on behalf of Lucas and Cameron and myself, <laughs> um, we sincerely, sincerely thank you for your viewership, for your loyalty. If you follow us on social media, we thank you for following us. And in the spirit of Thanksgiving and just being thankful, we are uber, uber, uber thankful for all of you that come to us for advice, that come to us for for knowledge it brings us a lot of a lot of fun and a lot of joy talking football talking fantasy football and to be able to kind of build a community that we have with our social media pages or our 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 uh, our podcast it's been an absolute blast and again it's because you guys come to us and we go out and you guys come and we meet halfway. So from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of the fellas hearts, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making this year. One of the, one of the more fun years we've had watching, talking football, playing fantasy football, all of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that being said, you can go find us social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. Yeah. Or just go on Google and search fantasy football fellas. Just go where it takes you. Right. 
I know we have a website. I I don't think that website has been looked at in a good like two months. <laughs> Sorry about it. <laughs> it's it's just kind of putting but on the back burner. So again, you can find us on all social medias. You can find this podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, wherever. We're on there. Um, again, thank you. Thank you so much for your viewership, your loyalty, your following of the Fantasy Football Fellas. Have a very, very great and relaxing Thanksgiving holiday weekend. And um, with that, we'll see you later on this week. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Deuces. Thank you.